0: Hello there, welcome to a brand new Ars blog, Arscast right here on arsblog.com. Hope you're well. So here we are, heading into the final day of the Premier League season. It seems to have flown by and I know I said this on the blog, it really shouldn't have flown by and it probably didn't because uh, you think of all those terrible games and those weeks when nothing happened and the interlulls and then we'd lose a game and there'd be so much strife and grief and all that kind of stuff but here we are at the end of the season it all comes down to Sunday at 4 p.m. All the games kick off at the same time, and we have absolute clarity as to what we need to do. Uh, We don't have that about where we might end up. We could win and finish third. We could win and finish fourth. We could also, of course, finish fifth, but we won't think about that too much. And it's all set up for another excruciating, painful, nail-biting, pant-browning, turtle-tail-bringing-on day, just like the final day of last season when we had that game against West Brom of course and it was it was just no there wasn't anything remotely enjoyable about that game of football in hindsight when it's over and done with you can look back in it and go yeah well wow that was something wasn't it yeah remember that time they nearly scored and remember that other time they nearly scored and oh we had to win it could be like that again and uh, the relief i guess is a is a pleasure uh, in itself but When you think back at it, it's not the most enjoyable experience. And I suspect Sunday, um, given all the fixtures, I think it's just going to be one of those that it changes and fluctuates throughout the the 90 minutes. The as we stand table will be uh, moving quite a bit. Uh, Tottenham, of course, uh, they have Sunderland, which is interesting. Uh, Paolo De Canio was speaking during the week about uh, how he wanted to thank Arsenal for saving Sunderland from relegation or at least having to go through a relegation, uh, potentially relegation Sunday. So he's going to try and win the game. He also said that if his players didn't try, he cut short their summer holiday. So that's a good thing for us. And Chelsea, after their exploits in midweek, they're playing some friendly game in Europe, I think it was. Um, they've got to play Everton and it's David Moyes' last game in charge of Everton so you'd like to think the Everton players will be up for that and they'll want to see the manager off with with a win and then we're playing Newcastle and well we know that Pardew and his teams are, are not always uh, the easiest to play against it was that remarkable game earlier in the season that's 7-3 so it's all set up for an interesting Sunday whether it's going to be much fun or not, remains to be seen. So um, since we last spoke, uh, we've relegated Wigan, which is a bit of a shame for them because uh, they do at least try and play football, well, a certain amount of football. The the bit that they leave out is is called defending, which is an integral part of the game. They don't seem to be very interested in, in doing any of that which is why they've been relegated. Although, they came into our game on something of a high, having hilariously, and quite splendidly, I have to say, won the FA Cup on Saturday beforehand. Uh, I was uh, very happy for them. There's the whole underdog thing. Of course, you always want the underdog to win, but then it was Manchester City as well, a team which has built a team with, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. Uh, And they were shit. Absolutely shit. And the manager was, uh, you know... There's all this talk about how he won the title. He should have been given more time. But if you're in a cup final and you're a team with billions and billions and billions and you've got uh, Tevez and Dzeko and Aguero and all these players and you take off Tevez in a cup final that you're trying to win, you put on Jack Rodwell. Well, you deserve everything you get. And that, you know, that includes the sack. And they also got what they deserved on the day. Um, which was nothing and uh, you know I'm glad for Wigan and uh, well done to them um, bit of a shame for them that they couldn't really celebrate it because of the the games they had left this season I think it did us a bit of a favour though as well um, they looked tired they looked exhausted you know when we went ahead you know their heads went down we scored another couple of goals very quickly uh, and that was it. It was game over. I think everybody knew the way it was going to go. There was no way they were going to come back from uh, from that position, regardless of our ability uh, to self-destruct. I don't think we could have done that against them. Uh, uh, and so they go down. And we go into the final day of the season in, in the position that we wanted to. Because last weekend, as I said, there was no chance whatsoever of Stoke uh, taking any points off Tottenham. Addie Bayor scored late on Charlie Adam, a man who earns tens of thousands of pounds a week and still hasn't got his teeth fixed oh, what's wrong with him what's wrong with him he got himself sent off And, uh, you know, frankly, Stoke were were totally and utterly shit, as you would expect. Uh, Chelsea, they beat Aston Villa, I think it was. So, you know, the teams around us all won, didn't drop any points. And, you know, having not had any expectation of them dropping points, that's not a bad thing. But it did put a bit of pressure on us. It was 1-0, then 1-1 at halftime. And Wigan had a great start to that second half. And it it could have been very different but for a Wojciech Chesney save. But we got the goals. Podolski, uh, Theo Walcott, Aaron Ramsey with a goal as well and in the end, uh, we kind of cruised uh, to a well-deserved victory and it just sets it up for this weekend. Win and we've got at least a qualifying game for the Champions League. The idea of going into this Sunday looking for uh, Sunderland or Everton to do us a favour and take points off one of the other teams, well, no, that would make it even worse. They may well take points, but having to rely on that would be would be pretty bad and we should be fairly well-focused uh, for everything that's uh, that's going to take place on Sunday, but anyway, with me now uh, to discuss all the bits and pieces that have gone on this week, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Arscast, all the way from America. It's Paolo Bandini. Hi there. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And and you're a long way from home. Interestingly enough, you're in the uh, the same hometown as, as Stan Kroenke. Have you come across the mustachioed man at all?
1: I'm not here, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm currently living in, and based out of Columbia, Missouri, which is a Slightly unusual place to to wind up, but my wife is uh, awarded a Fulbright scholarship to study at the University of Missouri here, and um, my work was flexible, so we we thought we'd give it a try. And and yes, by by coincidence, it it happens to be Silent Stan's hometown, although, as I understand it, and I've I've driven by his house, but as I understand it, he's only there about 10 10 days a year. I am going to try and get hold of him sooner or later, but actually the only place where I've seen him so far is not here in Colombia, but in, in St Louis because uh, he he attended uh, a couple of the St Louis Rams games earlier this season, and he uh, liked to come down to the locker room afterwards. And I was doing some writing about them for NFL UK. So yes, I I, I saw him in the locker room there, and uh, uh, but uh, unfortunately he wasn't he wasn't talking to journalists at that time.
0: <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like staying in any place you know too long. It seems he sort of flits from here. No. To here.
1: <laughs> No, I'd, I'd say that's about fair. But it's sort of fun around town here. Like every empty plot of land that isn't in use has a big sign up on it saying cranky realty. So I think he's certainly, he's certainly got his fingers in a good few buys out here.
0: All right. Well, maybe you will uh, sell a few of those pots and buy us a, a player or two come the summer. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're managing to keep up with, with things, uh, from this side of the water, uh, even though you're a long way away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a bit strange following it this season and, uh, in some ways, it's it's actually very good here in America. You can watch 3 p.m. kickoffs on a Saturday. The, the amount of games broadcast on TV is excellent, um, and uh, but you get the same the same feed that you'd be having in England. So the commentary team is no different to what you would have in England. Which means that you know, most of the time it's pretty good. Some of the time you get Craig Burley, but other than that, you're okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, it's uh, it's it's pretty good over here. So the there's certainly lots of opportunities to watch it. Obviously, it's not the same as as, as being at, at Emirates Stadium, and I had a uh, unfortunately a, a period around January and February when I was helping uh, a soccer player over here to write his book and deadlines are so tight that I, I kind of lost track of everything in that whole end of the January transfer window into the beginning of February but the, the last few months I've been back on and, and suffering with everyone else mm,
0: I, In fairness if there was a period to miss it was probably that <laughs> um, You managed to catch Wigan then on on, uh, on Tuesday night Arsenal obviously uh, like Wigan were under a great deal of pressure because you know nothing less than a win would do for very different reasons of course Wigan have ended up relegated. It, it did look sort of touching Go for a little while. Wojciech Czesny made a big, big save early in the second half, and you just kind of wondered how things might have changed if that had gone in. And then you know the crowd gets a little anxious and nervous, and we've seen Arsenal struggle uh, in, in situations like that before. But look, they came through it and 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 really put Wigan to the sword in the end.
1: Yeah, and, and I think um, I'm trying to remember if it was you yourself, Andrew, who wrote this, but, but certainly I, I was reading someone in the last two days who was making a point that if that say you assuming arsenal were to go on to to claim fourth place now it'll be one of those great forgotten moments of the season because uh, my my f- feeling throughout that Wigan game almost from from the second that Podolsky scored I just uh, had these these memories of Norwich last season and, and a game which felt like it was going to be straightforward and then turned out to be anything but mm-hmm. and 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 when you had that equalizer just before half time it, it all started to feel that way and if Arsenal had conceded at the beginning of that second half, I, it just wouldn't have been the same second half at all. It wouldn't have been the straightforward... Uh, and perhaps it was never really quite straightforward as that scoreline may have looked, but they would never have got to that point of, of Arsenal being able to, to score a couple of goals and just stroll away with it feeling comfortable. I think if, if we're going to have gone 2-1 up there, then the nerves, the, the, the crowd, everything would have started to come into play in a very different in a very different way, so a huge save from Chesney and, and an interesting one as well because I, I was I was a little bit surprised not to see Fabianski get back into the team because I thought he was playing pretty well up before he got
0: hurt. It's one of those things, isn't it, that the managers uh, brought Fabianski in, um, I think primarily well, primarily to make a change in the goalkeeping department to sort of shake things up a bit. At the same time, he dropped uh, Thomas Romalan, the club captain, Sure. Uh, um, and installed Per Mertesacker and Lauren Koscielny. And, and um, I, I think I'm right, and I said it in the blog, that only once when those players have started together have Arsenal lost this season. Um, so, I mean, it, it's worked from that point of view because Chesney has come back in. And looks a much more focused, a much more solid goalkeeper. Even if some of his distribution is a bit a bit dodgy at times, but defensively, I know that it's not just down to Casillas and Murdersager that there's a whole team thing going on. But you know, the changes he made after that Bayern game, which people raised a few eyebrows at, have sort of transformed things.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots. There. it's just I mean, quickly, gosh, there was one. There was one. Uh old kick from Chesney against Wigan which went straight out for a throw in and just you know, I think head in hand moment for a lot of people but uh, for the yeah I, I mean the, the, the Koscielny Mertesacker partnership right now looks like the best partnership Arsenal have had at for a little while and, and the, the problem with that is that there have been periods like this before where Arsenal have managed to look stable at the back and then it's turned out to be illusory it, it's disappeared but it certainly it, it makes sense on paper and it, it, it's interesting that Kashelny is is becoming the much more advanced of the two players, and, and he's almost doing a lot of the things that, that Vermaelen used to do. And he's he's, be, he's taking the lead more, and I think that that role suits him. He's a uh, he's a fast player, and he's a player who likes to come out and and challenge defend and challenge attackers, and, and it allows Saka just to sit a little bit more and, and and take control of it. I've I've always thought that you're better off with one of those two partnerships either Vermaelen with Saka or, or Kashelny with Saka, but perhaps. Uh, Kashemir and Vemola never quite, never quite meshed for me. Mm. Um, but I think that's 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 one of the big things. I think everyone also is going to be talking about the fact that Aaron Ramsey is is playing much more like the player that everyone hoped he was going to be, rather than the guy we've seen even in the first half of the season. I think his work rate has been tremendous and and so important at this point in the season when everyone's getting tired. And it's just there's just lots of little things that, that are coming together and and, and clicking and, and probably a. Uh, a slice of luck, too, because you could look at the game games weekend this weekend and that goal, and you could also look at the game against QPR and say, well, OK, didn't really close it out. And if you know, one of those Andros Townsend moments goes a little bit differently, then Arsenal could easily drop points there as well.
0: It is all about grinding out results at this point of the season, isn't it? And, you know, when you're going into a final day and when it's, it's on the line like this, how much benefit will it be to Arsenal to have... Uh, been there and done that you know particularly we think of last year even though that was uh, a gruesome terrifying final day of the season that game at West Brom where I think we had to hang on to a lead for about 25 minutes at the end uh, and you know they came close to scoring and uh, you know we had that brilliant image of Arsene Wenger hugging Pat Rice but you know that kind of experience can count uh, at this time of the season.
1: Yeah it does I I, I think certainly and it's uh... Uh, unfortunately for Arsenal, so Martin Fuller will be playing this weekend, so I'm, I'm, I think Arsenal Same. would be very wise not to count any chickens this weekend, I know. Well, one of the the, the great shames of being out here is one of the shows I don't get is, is Match of the Day. I understand that, or at least I, I saw some reference to the fact that maybe Alan Pardew suggested that, that Newcastle was going to lose 4-0 to Arsenal this weekend. I, I suspect that certainly isn't going to be the case. I think it's going to be a, a, a difficult game and I I don't know, I think as much as everyone assumes that teams just switch off as soon as they're, they're mathematically safe or mathematically have, have won the title, I think there's lots of evidence to suggest that plenty of players between professional pride and probably also a little bit of that Desire just to just to be the guys who stick a spanner in the works and 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 I guess annoy or, or frustrate the team opposite them. I, I expect it. To, yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's one way of putting it. But uh, but yeah, the uh, I, I think it'll be a tough game this weekend. And I think that it would be dangerous to assume anything about it. But it's certainly true that Arsenal have been here and done this before. I think if Arsenal persist in in, in being here and doing it again Then sooner or later it won't work out and that that also needs to be said but uh, it can't hurt to have that experience and that confidence of, of knowing that knowing that they've managed to do it before
0: certainly he's got a little bit of a decision to make now about who, who he plays up front because Lucas Podolski, in the first two games it, when Olivier Giroud got suspended it, it looked like he was struggling and even on Tuesday night he he didn't look like he was entirely comfortable in that role but he scored two goals yeah. and, and, and he, you know Arseneig said well we need to give him a bit of time to grow into that role I mean what does he do then Does he, after scoring two goals does he bring Giroud straight back in or does he leave Giroud on the bench and if Arsenal really needed goal then he's got a good option
1: mm, it's I mean, it's a tricky one because I think Giroud does offer more in terms of the build-up play I think he, he links up well I think Podolski my uh, I was talking to my, my, my brother who is a season ticket holder and, uh, and, and I was talking to him last night about this and, and his opinion on, on Podolsky this season is that uh, as good as he's been and important as he's been at times there's a there, there, there are things that are reminding him in a troublesome way of, of early days. him. you know, it's it's that ability to be completely decisive and, and important in a game, but at the same time, not really feel like he's contributed anything other than the goals. Mm. And, uh, and I think that I think that Giroud con- contributes more than that. But it's it's a really fine line when you get to this point of the season. And you're trying to work out well what's more important, you know, because Arsenal. There's some interesting stats on the season when you when you look at it. Arsenal. I, I believe I was seen from this morning, most possession of any team in the Premier League this season, most uh, successful pass completion percentage of any team in, in the league this season, but that doesn't necessarily add up to much. It doesn't add up to much if you're not scoring goals and winning games. And if if Giroud is, is on the field, I get the impression that Arsenal do a better job of exactly that. They, they, they maintain possession more and they, and, and they play good football, but I don't know if he necessarily helps you score goals as much as you would like him to. I'm not sure if he's necessarily been as effective in that department as you want him to be. And, and maybe against Newcastle, the thing that you do need is just to have a guy on the field who you feel like might might get you a goal and, and ideally do it early like he did against Wigan. Because I think that one of the important things that Arsenal have been able to do in these last few games, even if uh, against Wigan they did end up conceding and have to have to do it all over again. I, I think that the early goals against Manchester United, QPR, Wigan, they're important. They're important at a time like this when you know you have to score, when you know you have to win. It just creates a different mindset right from the get-go if you can not have that goal early. And, and for that reason, after after having him scored twice against Wigan, I'd probably be ever so slightly inclined towards Podolski.
0: Mm, and what about midfield, finally? Because uh, Mikel Arteta limped off in the final stages of the game uh, with a calf injury. The obvious replacement for me I guess is is Jack Wilshere because of simply because of the player that he is but Arsene Wenger spoke about uh, how he'd only use him in in case of emergency and we saw on Tuesday night where Wilshere was about to come on when Arsenal needed sure. a goal just before Walcott scored I mean it, is the absence of Arteta Tantamount to an emergency because of the, the influence that he has on the way that Arsenal play, the, the the way he protects and shields the back four and just moves the ball very, very simply. You know, you could see almost, uh, you know, Ramsey and Wilshire together at the base of Arsenal's midfield. Um, that, that's a tricky one for him, given the fact Wilshire is carrying an injury and needs an operation at the end of the season. Yeah,
1: it is. And, and I'm also not sure that, that when he has been on the pitch recently, Wilshire has been quite. Achieving what he's what he's capable of, I think he's he's been a little bit um, beneath himself in the same way. That maybe Ramsey's been playing above what we've been used to recently, and it it's a conundrum. And, and I think in the end, that's one which maybe that is one where I feel like uh, the distance of, of here to there. I, I'm not sure I want to speculate on it because really, only the manager knows exactly how well Wilshere is and exactly how well he's doing in training. Yes, I think it is. It is definitely a, a big blow for Arteta not to be there. I think everything you just said about how he uh, protects and, and, and controls the game, I think that's that's very very important to Arsenal and, and you wonder if if you, you want to have Will Shearing just to be the, the well, he's not a like-for-like replacement but maybe he's the closest thing you've got to it but realistically like I say, I think only <laughs> probably only one person not just, well not one person, everyone, everyone on the training ground might have some idea but but Probably no one outside of Arsenal training that really knows exactly where Wilshire is with this injury and, and exactly how how well he can play on the weekend
0: all right okay well listen we'll uh, keep fingers crossed let's hope it all goes well paolo bandini thank you very much thanks for having me on thank you indeed to paolo you can find him on twitter it is paolo underscore bandini that's paolo underscore bandini and if you're interested in his book i will make sure to put a link in today's blog so if you're listening to this at some point in the future go back to friday may um what date will it be uh 17th Go back there and you'll find the link uh, to Paolo's book. Now, we know this summer that Arsenal have got to get rid of some players. Some will go automatically because they're out of contract, Arshavin and Skrilacci, but there are others who are still under contract, out on loan. Uh, you know, there's got to be something of a sale going on, perhaps something like this.
2: Come on down to Dastardly Dick Law's used Sporting Goods. It's the Transfer Tabernacle, the Emporium of Glorium, the Hypermarket of Hossomeness. This summer we've got bargains galore. All the top models at incredible prices. Genuine international quality at a cost that will make a bit of excited. We come out. Don't believe me? Check out this bargain. Buy this Shamak for just nine hundred and ninety-nine, and we'll give you a park absolutely free. If that's not enough, let Dastardly Dick tempt you with this incredible offer. Purchase this barely-used Diabby, and you walk away with a Great Dane, no charge. To top it all off, we got something for the ladies, too. Buy any player, and we'll get them a free Brazilian. Wouldn't your sweetheart like a tidy to Nielsen or a well-crafted Santos? It's all here at Dastardly Dick's Use Sporting Goods Emporium. A sale so crazy that Puddle Banana Hippo Spunk Tortoise.
0: Please note the free park is not an actual park for walking and relaxing in, but a South Korean footballer who's quite good at light housework. And the Great Dane, not a hilariously oversized dog. Instead, you'll receive an egomaniacal Danish international who you should not let drive your kids to school. Dastardly, Dick Law's use sporting goods as open Monday to Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., except when Dick is on a wild goose chase in South America trying to sign kids who can't play for years and years and years. Dick Law is regulated by the Financial Winger later. Right then, all that's left to do this week is look ahead to Sunday's game against Newcastle. And, uh, well, I don't need to tell you what's at stake. Champions League football next season? Um, I, I don't get uh, and will never get the people who say, look, if we finish outside the top four, maybe they'll give people a wake-up call or things might change. Uh, You know, I just don't get it. I I want Arsenal to finish as high up the table as possible. Uh, It's much better for us, obviously, as fans and for a football club if we have Champions League football next season. We have that in our hands. By winning our game, we will at least finish fourth. We can uh, draw our game if Tottenham lose uh, and still finish fourth. We can win our game. Chelsea might lose their game. We could finish third. We know all about that playoff situation. I just don't see it, but... um, what can you do? What can you say about this other than we need one more big effort? Our form has been has been really good. Defensively, we've been good. We're starting to score uh, goals again. Well, based on Tuesday, we are. I know we've been a bit goal-shy until then, but maybe, just maybe, that's opened up the floodgates. You've got Giroud back uh, who would provide at least an option from the bench should we need a goal laid on. And it's just so important for this football club. If we finish top four, we've got this new sponsorship money, new uh, commercial deals coming in, which will enable us to spend more than we have in seasons past, even though we might lose one or two. I don't think it's going to be anything like, uh, you know, a Fabregas leaving or a Nasri leaving. Well, not that I really care too much about a Nasri leaving, uh, more about not replacing a Nasri. That was the issue. Uh, Van Persie, we know all about that, Um I think we've got the money to spend well this summer. And I don't know necessarily if finishing outside the top four will change that a great deal because obviously we'll have to uh, improve the squad anyway. We need, to, uh, we need to make things better. Regardless of whether we finish third, fourth or fifth, we need to be more competitive in the Premier League next season. Uh, but it just is hugely important that we have Champions League football. And obviously there's the other part of it, that you, know, you want to squeeze out Tottenham or you want to squeeze out Chelsea. Um, you want them to be miserable and not us uh, on, a, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, in terms of the team, I don't know what's going to happen. Whether Podolsky will start or Giroud will come back into the team. Podolsky might start left. Uh, will Wilshire play in the absence of Arteta, who's got a calf injury? That's a bit of a loss. Uh, what else could he do, really? He could bring in Coquelin, I suppose. But that's not really... An ideal solution. Ramsey and Wilshire seems to be about the best fit uh, if Wilshire can get through the 90 minutes before he's got to go for surgery. Look, all we can do is, uh, is play like we've been playing in recent weeks. Uh, make sure we give 100%, stay switched on, work hard. If we replicate the kind of performance that we put in against Wigan in terms of how hard everybody worked, and, and that's from uh, front to back, even Theo Walcott was chasing down and making tackles and tracking runners and shouldering people off the ball. That's what we've got to do. Newcastle, I think, will be, uh, we'll be fired up a bit for this one because the manager made a stupid comment, didn't he, during the week about how, well, he doesn't care if they win four or if they lose 4 nil. Now he's got to make sure they don't lose 4 nil. Otherwise, he looks like an even bigger cunt than he already is. Their final game of the season, they're at home in front of their own fans. We know what a motivation that can be. They don't want to get uh, turned over on the final day. Uh, even if the game is meaningless to them, they want to put in, uh, put on a bit of a show. I guess they've got to do a lap of whatever. Um, I don't know what you have when you uh, finish that far down the table, a lap of endurance or shame or something like that. Uh, but they, they won't feel particularly like doing that uh, on the back of a, of a defeat. So it's going to be a tough game going to be a tough game and they've got good players and we've got to be careful that uh, we don't get caught out but uh, i think we're capable of taking the three points and uh, hopefully this time next week we're sitting here discussing the season that was uh, and we can look forward uh, to the season that will be next time around with champions league football under our belt so let's keep everything crossed until next week's Cast. take it easy cheers bye-bye come on you gunners
2: So is saying a prayer. Let he'll get me a transfer to some well-paid club. How dare Talking to the press oh, you still won't have a clove in August What a great big mess And when our sinfinger starts to sing a lonesome lullaby It's time to pack my bags It's ta-svidenya It's goodbye Somewhere Out, out in, in. in.